Welcome to Hive Mind. I'm Meg and I am here with Eli and a founding father of Hive Nick Morley. Nick, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you. That's uh, my favorite part of the year is going over Oscar noms. So thanks for the invite year after year, guys. Appreciate it. Happy to have you. First, before we get into it, uh, what have you, you been watching lately? I'm going first with this. Yes. Oh, okay, great. Uh, so uh, Abbott Elementary, uh, getting getting caught up with that. That is uh, such a good time uh, and like it even more after watching the Golden Globes people uh, get their get their due um, for that show, which was um, super cool to see. Uh, also uh, getting through just some of the nominees. Um, it's like they came out pretty recent, but I kind of had a suspicion of what was coming out. So I have been watching a ton of movies. Uh, most recent one being Tar, which I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna talk about today. Uh, and uh, staying up to date on on The Last of Us, the new the new HBO show. So, what are you what been... are you of The Last of Us? What do I think of it? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm a. I I think it's pretty well done so far. It's the same showrunner as Chernobyl. Uh, so they they pick the right guy for something that's like really like post apocalyptic and kind of sad. So it's kind of that type of show, but it's it's really well acted and the the product production design is super good. So I've really been enjoying it so far. So you play the video game? I did play the game. Yeah, when it came out in 2013. So it's. It stayed very true to the game, but uh, it also, they took like some creative liberties that made it like a lot more cohesive to like a series. And that's been like the the big takeaway that everyone's uh, got from it so far. And I get to listen to Mallory Rubin um, talk about it on The Ringer too, who's one of my favorites. So she does a deep dive of it every week. So it's worth watching for that. Is that on the Prestige? podcast prestige. yeah it's on their prestige tv mm-hmm. awesome eli what have you been watching yeah. well we finally finally went and saw the fablemans ah what do you think it did you was, like it this movie is exactly fine it's exactly fine um <laughs> like i i was entertained by it. i was not bored at any point i thought it looked good i think the kid that they cast in it is great I think that kid is a really good actor. Yeah. And, and I and think he's we're not a kid. He's probably in his twenties, right? He's 20. I looked him up. Um, he's 20, but like, he looks like a kid, you know, and I'm old enough now that I can call a 20 year old a kid. So it's okay. <laughs> uh, so he, he, I think he's great. I, I assume we're going to see a lot more of him. Uh, I, you know what? I went into this movie thinking it was going to be a movie by Steven Spielberg about how much of a genius Steven Spielberg was as a child. And I don't think that's what the movie is, actually. I think it was him reflecting on this was something I really loved as a child that turned into my career. And in the way that, like, I think any of us would want to tell a story about, like, oh, yeah, I had, like, these hobbies and passions as a kid, and that's, like, how I am as an adult. And so it didn't come across to me as um, egotistical in the way I was expecting it to. And so I was actually really pleasantly surprised by that. Um all in all, decent flick. I'm not annoyed that it's nominated for Best Picture. Um, I think I can think of at least two movies that should have been nominated over it, but like it's not a Green Book situation for me. Um, there was an episode of Today Explained, which is one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, but they talk about this movement to essentially end movie trailers because movie trailers have gotten so bad and done such a poor job representing what the movie is. And they mentioned, mentioned the Fablemans Mm. um, because the trailer for the Fablemans made it look like the magic of movies and the genius of Steven Spielberg, like you said, when actually it's a family drama about his parents first and foremost. Um, So Mm. I was also surprised by what the Fablemans was based on the trailer and i agree it was more um it was not as self-aggrandizing as i was expecting it no and and if it's best picture if anything he was uh even a little bit critical of himself 
Cause like there are a lot of comments in the, in the movie where other people are telling him like, you're a little bit selfish. And, and it was, it was sort of like a, it, to me, it came across more like a self-reflection on, I really love this thing. And sometimes I think I love it too much to the detriment of the people around me. And mm-hmm. so I don't know, I, I liked it. It honestly made me like Steven Spielberg a little bit more. Um, but I don't think that's a masterpiece or anything. Nick, did you see it? Uh, not yet. I'm planning on watching it this weekend. So that's okay. that's the plan for me. But okay. yeah, that that's kind of what like your review is kind of what, what I expected, you know, just like based on everything that I've read about it. Like I've heard it's good, but hasn't like shattered any brains or like yeah. it hasn't been like <laughs> in, insane. Meg, what did what did you think? Did you like no, walk I away like- from it being like, yeah. You know, we saw Fableman's and the menu the same night. And the Fableman's <laughs> finished, and I was like, all right, you know, like, okay. Yeah. That's how he feels about his childhood. And then we saw the menu, and I wouldn't shut up about the menu for a full month. So, like, yeah. There's movies I liked a lot more, but I don't think yeah. it's offensive in any way. And I think overall, it's a good movie. It just wasn't my favorite. Yeah. And I, and I like yeah. seeing, uh, you know, every once in a while, it's nice to have a film on the best picture nominee list that like everybody can basically enjoy. And this is one of those. So yeah, yeah. my parents will love the Fablemans. My parents did love the Fablemans. <laughs> I was told many times over the past few months to see it. Uh, so Meg, I finally started Gilmore Girls for the first time. Oh my gosh. I'm like, wow. five up- yeah. I'm five episodes in. Meg has been trying to get me to do this for years. Uh, I I'm like by and large enjoying it. It's a com- it's like comfort, you know. It is pretty cheesy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's super hokey. Yeah. Yeah. Especially it's, as it's like-, like quirky for the sake of being quirky, you know. Like it's yeah, it's like it it plays on that novelty quite a bit. So, mm-hmm. but it's it's fun. I'm having a good time. So You're I'm going to season two. The first season is the worst season. Yeah. Well, I mean the first, and then it peaks about four and then five, and then they get new writers for six and seven. And like, those are tragic, but the first is like, I usually <laughs> skip the first season on rewatching. Okay. Well, I'm going to stick with it. Uh, and I'm, I'm not bored. Like I'm having a nice enough time. So I'm going to stick with it. Uh, Meg, what have you been watching? Um, Abbott Elementary as well as Nick. I love Abbott Elementary because it feels like a sitcom of yore. Um, I watch it with Ivy, which is fun that there's a show that's accessible for my 11-year-old that she thinks is funny and I also think is funny. Yeah. I think that it's very sweet in a way that feels new and novel to me. Um, and I look forward to it every week. Um, we finished Little Drummer Girl. I really liked it. Um, it's on Amazon Prime, Florence Pugh, Alexander Skarsgård. I'm just realizing we're releasing this episode before the TAR episode. We recorded the TAR episode. I haven't released it yet. I'll release it next week because uh, I have to edit out some stupid things I said. But um, we talked about Little Drummer Girl then, and I explained the premise, but I'll explain it briefly now. It's about, it's in the 1970s. It's in um, both Berlin and England. There is an attack on some Zionists, and it is about Israeli intelligence recruiting an actress to go undercover for Mossad. Um, And it's super, super interesting. It's Jean Lecoeur. Um, you cannot look at your phone and watch this. It requires your full attention, but it is really good and worth it. Um, and then we're watching Gilmore Girls because it's the best and still watching Kath and Kim because it is also the best. Mm-hmm. So we like to, um, yeah. yeah, Eli. I start. I started watching Kath and Kim. I, I can only do one episode at a time. It's yeah. a little bit too much for me for, yeah. for a binge, but oh, like- yeah, you can't binge it, but they're they're like a good enough time. Um, I I forgot to mention as well. I did watch the I can never think of the name of this stupid movie, the book that I just read. Oh, uh, where the crawdads sing. Where the Craw- I watched the movie Where the Crawdads oh, Sing, which has like I watched it too. You like recently? Yeah, really recently. I watched it like last week. So did I. Uh, did you read yeah. the book? No, my wife 
did. So she gave me like the whole breakdown. So okay. like, but I didn't ask her about like the plot before going into the movie, but I was able to talk about it with her. Apparently like the book is a little bit more of the murder mystery than yeah. the, the movie is like more of the romance story. So like that was yeah. the only thing that I heard about it though. Yeah, so, I, I think that's accurate. It's, it has like 30% on Rotten Tomatoes and people have been very harsh to it. And I'm kind of baffled by it. I don't think it's a great movie, but it's like, a very typical book to movie adaptation for me. And I like, I watched the movie and I was like, yeah, this is basically the book. I also didn't think the book was a masterpiece, but I was like entertained sure. by it. And so yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm baffled by the hate about this movie because it seemed fine. Yeah. I mean, I went into it with no prior like literature or background like to the story. And I thought like the movie was fine. Like I thought it was an, an interesting story. I didn't think it was bad like by any means I, that's i didn't know that they got a 30 percent on rotten tomatoes that's wild to me i don't think that i mean i think also, something that low. this was you know a beloved book club book people feel very passionately about this book um and so okay. people had imagined this world and this character and that's always hard to execute and so just yeah. fine which is what this movie is just fine to uh, stands of a story is going to be awful. So I think a lot of the reception was because people had cared so much about the book. Sure. Yeah. I also was bothered that she looked like she walked out of a Madewell every day. Yes. In the <laughs> I did turn to my wife and I was like, why are her clothes so nice? Like, isn't she living in like a shack? And, like everything was like super up to date and nice. So yeah, I get it. She had like full contour. I was like, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> That's movies, baby. The pictures. Yep. Uh, so that we're done. I'm done talking about it, right? We're all done talking about what we've been watching. So let's talk. Yeah. The Oscar nominations were released this morning. How, first of all, how are we feeling? Eh, 85% good. Okay. Nick? Yeah, I'm, I'm about there. Like, I feel like there were some snubs that I'm sure we're going to, we're going to talk about a little bit. Uh, but like, I feel like they have like a really good mix of like some, some of the best, better stuff this year. But yeah, like, yeah, I think 85% is a great percentage to go off of for how satisfied i am for sure i'm freaking stoked like i think that i'm oscar yeah. is going to be so fun there are some wild choices in this best picture list i i adore half <laughs> movies i'm furious yeah. so i have to see one of them like it's wild i'm mad that they didn't nominate a woman director but they never do like i think i might just have to come to terms with that being a reality. And I've also made an important decision this year. I cannot emotionally invest in best picture. I have to remember that this is a group yeah. of people who are dealing with politics and have ulterior motives a lot of the time. And I can't take it personally if they do not pick my favorite movie for best picture. So I feel like I'm, I'm emotionally prepared for whatever happens this year. Okay. I know. <laughs> I know, but I've been heartbroken before. Um, sure. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about K. Okay, best picture. All quiet on the Western Front. I was surprised. Were you surprised? No. no. I was expecting best international. I didn't think it would get like best picture. Oh, no, I I assumed this. This was one of like my three or four that I was like, it will definitely be on the list. I, I was hoping All Quiet on the Western Front would also get an acting nomination, but that was probably hoping for too much for a foreign film. Um, but it's no like you, you, have either of you seen it? Not yet. I'm yep. like, I'm dreading it, honestly. What did you think, Nick? I thought it was I I thought it was a beautiful movie. Uh, I didn't like it as far as like World War One movies go. I didn't like it as much as 1917. Um, maybe because I it because of the foreign film aspect of it, like it was just harder for me to like kind of connect with with some of the characters and like get into it as much as that movie. But I loved the way that it was shot. Uh, like it was um, a really great interpretation of, of the war on that side um, that I had never seen previously. Um, but it, it wasn't my favorite on the list, uh, but I, I still didn't feel like it was 
like I didn't waste my time watching it. Like I, I took a lot away from it. So like I would recommend it for those that haven't seen it. Like I think it's it's worth your time right. to sit down and take it in. So yeah. it's not a watch your phone type of movie either. No. Like you have to kind of sit down and and enjoy it. So yeah, it's it's yeah. one of the it's one of three films on the best picture list that I would be happy to see win. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. Um, Avatar: The Way of Water. I am so pissed that I have to watch this movie. Same. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be rough. It three hours. Rough. Yeah. Three and a half. Three and a half hours. Three and a half hours of James Cameron's love letter to himself. Like it's just. Let's just buy the I guy. Can, they're making more of these, right? <laughs> like, and the idiots are going to see it so they can pay for another two of these movies. Yes, I, we're the idiots now because we have to see it. Right? Yeah, I'm gonna be contributing to the avatar fund apparently so i have not talked to a who enjoyed this movie unironically really no do you know anybody who said yeah i saw avatar and loved it the the best the best reviews i've gotten from people are if you go see avatar see it 3d it is actually worth it that's the that's like the only positive thing i've really heard anybody say about it Okay. Which, by the so, way, why it's is like he... a Disneyland attraction. Right? Yeah. Like it's like, yeah, go see it. Like, so something like pops out at you. Like there's nothing like cinematic or like great acting that, that I want to see, you know, like it's, he's pretty much buying himself a nomination here, which uh, James Cameron just, I got issues with that guy. Well, yeah, I I'm confused about why Kate Winslet <laughs> is working with James Cameron again. Money. Well, but doesn't she have some of that? She has money. Like, when's the last time she was in? She did Mayor of Easttown. When was her last, like, role before that? I don't know. I feel like she's been in everything. But Yeah, all right. All right, so mad about Avatar. I I was so angry after the first Avatar, I had to, like, walk a lap around the park. <laughs> I was, like, upset. Yeah. Um, Banshees of Inner Sheeran. Oh, Loved it. Great. Would not be mad. I love it. Best picture. Yeah, yeah. absolutely Same. loved it. Same. Elvis. If Elvis wins best picture, Eli is probably quitting the podcast. Oh, maybe screens altogether. We almost, we almost walked out of Elvis because we were so bored. It's so long. I look. I have positive things to say about this movie, but there is no universe where I am willing to accept that Elvis is nominated for best picture and after sun is not I'm just very upset about this. Okay. Um, I didn't hate Elvis. I thought Elvis was a good time. I wasn't bored. I don't think it's best picture and I'm surprised to see it here. Yeah. Nick thoughts. Yeah. I, I, I actually enjoyed it. Uh, I, I'm kind of a sucker for Baz Luhrmann movies, to be totally honest. I think he's really weird. Uh, and like, I think his whole aesthetic is like very interesting. It's, it's just something that's so unique amongst like different movies. So, but like I did, I was surprised to see it nominated for best picture. I don't think it had that kind of chops. So yeah, I think there are some other movies that could have been <laughs> in a better place than this. So yeah. And here we are. Um, Everything, everywhere, all at once. This was my second favorite movie of the year. Would be thrilled to see it win. I think it did things no movie has done before and told a story in a way no movie has told a story before. And it's incredibly impressive. Yeah. It's tied with After Sun for my favorite movie of the year. And on this list, this this would be my pick right now. Nick, thoughts? Yeah, they, I mean, this is what I want to win. Like, if like I were like picking everything that I wanted to to win this year, and like not going with my gut of what I thought was going to win, like I would pick everybody for this one. Like, it's just it's my favorite movie of the year, mm -hmm. easily. And got the most nominations by two, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's also technically very impressive. Like, there's a lot of below the line stuff that went oh. that I think yeah. uh, helps with that nomination. And and four acting nominations, which is impressive for any movie to accomplish. Totally. The Fablemans, which we briefly discussed here. I'd be a little mad. But one yep. best picture. 
Yep. Not yeah. as much as if Avatar won Best Picture, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, they know, yeah, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm totally speaking out of turn, but I kind of like my Best Picture noms to like take some risks and be like a little out there. Uh, and I don't feel like The Fablemans is, but maybe I'll have a different opinion after I see it. Yeah. Speaking so. of taking risks and being a little out there, Tar, my favorite movie of Tar. the year. I'm obsessed with Tar. Thinking of getting a tar tattoo. I love tar so much. I think it's way too caustic to win Best Picture. I think that this is a movie that is upsetting for a lot of people in prestige positions, which a lot of the Academy is. (laughs) And for that reason, I do not think it will win Best Picture, though I would be thrilled if it did. I'm fine with tar. I, I don't want it to win, but like, I'm fine with it being on this list. Yeah, it's it's not gonna win. Uh, and and as I was watching it last week, I like kind of found myself being like, "Huh, so that's what that's the direction of, that this movie is taking." Because like I, I I totally expect just like based on like the the trailer and everything, like it looked like it was gonna be like this story of a composer's genius, <laughs> but it was it was not. Uh, so. <laughs> It was, it was, I, I really like, it, it took me a while to like kind of digest it. Like it's, I, I ended up like really enjoying like, like the way that it progressed and like, it kind of caught me off guard, like at the end of it, but it, it won't win. I would be shocked if <laughs> they walked away winning this. Top Gun Maverick. Look, I had yeah. a blast <laughs> watching Top Gun Maverick. It was like. I was like chanting USA by the end of this movie. Very fun. Not best picture. I hate that I have to see this. I you might like it. It's it's not the genre that I traditionally enjoy. I'll say that Me much. Me neither. Okay. You know what? That you are right. If you like it, that gives me some hope that I might. I do wonder though about not seeing it in a theater. Well, because... we're seeing Skylar and I are seeing it in a theater on Saturday. Oh, can you? A ba- oh, apparently, it's, it's on the big screen still. Well, yeah. Apparently, he found a showtime at the theater by our house, so we got we're getting tickets for Saturday night. Fun. I mean, nice. I think that that's half of it is like being in a space and like hearing the jets, and it's big and loud and flyy. Okay. I, I'll be interested to hear what you think. Okay. Nick, did you love it? Oh, it's the best. Yeah, it was it was my like like besides everything everywhere all at once, it was like my favorite movie theater movie this year. For sure. So yeah. I, I I'd be surprised if you didn't like it, Eli. Okay. Like right. yeah. I'll re- I'll report. I'll report back. Yeah. The next two, I'm very excited to see one of them and very not excited to see the other one. Um Triangle of Sadness. I've heard it's really great. Um, it is French. Um, people either love it or hate it. I've been told I'll love it. It's a dark comedy. Great. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen it. So, and then women talking. I'm dreading it not because I don't think it will be a good movie. I just think it's going to be a stone cold bummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on what I've read about it, and so kind of preparing myself for that. Still would rather watch that than Avatar: Way of Water. Definitely, I'm. I'm actually excited to see it. <laughs> I yeah, I think it'll be one of those, and I'm glad I saw it. It's just gonna be like, woof, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah. so let's do screenplay next. We're gonna do adapted and then original. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, Living, Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking. Oh wait, sorry, I was gonna ask you your prediction for best picture winners. Who do you think is going to take it? Oh, that's tough. I think so. My husband thinks that everything everywhere all at once peaked too early and it's not going to have momentum in time for voting. I, that's still my prediction though. I feel like, especially after seeing it get nominated for 11 awards, I think it's the favorite going into this. Um, second, I would probably predict Banshees. Okay. Nick, what do you think? Uh, that yeah, I'm kind of in that. I'm in that same boat. Like after looking at the list, like it's the. I have high expectations for like the best picture winner, uh, and the only one that like 
the only two that like really like I walked away from it being like those were like well, some of my favorite movies this year were were Banshees and Everything Everywhere All at Once. So like going with like my heart on this one, but I do think Everything Everywhere All at Once is gonna walk away with it this year. Yeah, I do too. Um, I think if it's not every everything everywhere all at once, it's tar. And I just I think it's way more likely that everything everywhere all at once uh wins. I think that the best actress nominations will tell us a lot when we know those winners. I think if Michelle Yao wins best actress, everything everywhere all at once will not win best picture. But if Kate Blanchett huh. Best actress, I think everything everywhere all at once will win best picture. Okay. Um, why do I think that? I don't know. I'm full of garbage. Don't listen to anything I'm saying. Um adapted and, and and we never know because last year suddenly, like the day of the awards, everyone was like, obviously Coda will win. And I was like, What? Why is that obvious? Yeah. What? <laughs> And, you know, like there are people who are reading all the trades and they are tracking all the campaigns and they know a lot better than we do. We all have full time jobs like we can't do that. We're just we're just talking right. here. Yeah. Don't go to Vegas on anything we say. <laughs> um, adapted screenplay, All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, Living, Top Gun Maverick and Women Talking wild list. It is a wild list. Yeah. The, after I saw this, when it came out, I was like huh that's those are interesting picks um no way like, i don't even know who to i mean i i saw that and i was like oh like it, it was super fun but like i didn't think it was like that deep you know <laughs> like it was like a good time but i didn't think it would be nominated for the oscar so like i mean the only i haven't seen women talking or living but like all quiet on the western front seems to be the front runner for this yeah like I don't know. What do you guys think? I agree. Did did Knives Out win screenplay when it when it was nominated? I don't remember. Um, because I was gonna say if Knives Out won best screenplay, then I would think Glass Onion probably won't. But who knows? Um, I, all quite on the Western Front. This might be where they get their recognition along with international film. That would be my guess. Yeah, I would. I would also think either All Quiet on the Western Front or Women Talking. Those are the only two, honestly, plausible choices. It feels like. To me. Yeah. Um, original screenplay: The Banshees of Inner Sheeran, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness. I think Banshees will get it. I my guess is Banshees a- or Tar. Banshees or Tar. This is a really good list, though, for original screenplay. Like, there were some really cool original movies that came out this year. Uh, like, this is always one of my favorite categories. I, I do agree. I think Banshees is going to win it. But I I think I wouldn't be sad about any of these walking away with it. I haven't seen Triangle of Sadness yet. But, like, I, I think it's a good list. So I wouldn't be heartbroken about any of these. Yeah. Uh, I think that Banshees feels the most written. Yeah. Um, and so maybe for that reason, it'll go to Banshees. Um, let's talk about editing, if only because that's usually a good indication of what movies the Academy liked. Mm-hmm. Um, Banshees of Inner Sheeran, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, Top Gun Maverick. Um, I, I think it will come down to everything, everywhere, all at once and tar. And I think those two movies take two such different approaches to editing. I, I'm interested to see which the Academy reveres as the more skillful editing. I think for everything, everywhere, all at once, it's obviously a feat of splicing just a ton of footage together Mm-hmm. masterfully and with tar it's about portraying a character in a very um unique way editing it to tell that story in a very unique way and i honestly don't know which is more prestigious in the eyes of the yeah. academy i i don't know either but i will say uh twitter is has been a buzz about the film editing of everywhere all at once for a while and I'm kind of, I feel like that's, that that film is getting a lot of recognition about 
film editing. So they've been, people have been posting and sharing the clips of, uh, you know, the characters flashing through like hundreds of versions of themselves in rapid succession. And the editing like looks very cool. And it's, it's actually made me a dummy have to like stop and think about like, oh, that is editing. Like somebody had to take all of these clips right. and make them look seamless together for an entire movie, which is an insane amount of work. Um, but Meg, I think that's a super interesting point about um, for Tar, the editing helped tell the story in like a very different way. I think that's fascinating. My guess, just because of the spectacle of it all, is that everything everywhere all at once is going to get more attention from the voters. Interesting. Yeah, I mean it's a it's it's a really interesting debacle because you're you're thinking about a movie that you're editing a bunch of of material like you you like they they got a ton of their product and they had so much to work with and then like Tar is an example of like what can you do with like the limited sets and like the limited like locations where they were at and like everything to still like portray like that that character so. Like the, if I were gonna bet on it, it would be everything everywhere all at once. But I was still impressed with with how Tark did it, like with what they were working with. Yeah, yeah. I think it's anyone's game. Um, directing Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inner Sheeran, The Daniels for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, and Ruben Ostlin for Triangle of Sadness. I'm rooting for the Daniels here. I think it would be f fun mm -hmm. to have at least one of them isn't a white guy, you know, to have yeah. some sort of like different yeah. kind of director up on that stage. And I think that it's very cool that they're a team and that they're both nominated. I think they did a phenomenal job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could see this one going to just about any of them. I'm a little bit worried that they're just going to give it to Steven Spielberg and that'll be what Fableman's gets. Yeah. Yeah. A legacy award. I would I would be pretty shocked actually if they gave it to Spielberg. Like given like all the nominees this year and like Yeah, I I do think it's going to go to the Daniels just because I think that's what's going to make the best show um having them on screen um and Spielberg won't give them that. Yeah. So um, I want to talk about animated feature film. Um, the nominees are Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is maybe the most bored and confused I've ever been. Oh, we we were so bored. We were excited to watch it, but we were so bored. <laughs> Why is it all about Mussolini? <laughs> I gathered my children round to watch this whimsical tale of Pinocchio, and it was entirely about fascism. Yeah. I'm a little surprised that you wanted your children to watch it. I thought it was going to be like a fun, joyful time. It's, I mean, it's Del Toro. It's Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> I know, but even Shape of Water was like more fairy tale than this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I hope. Puss in Boots wins. I, it, out of all of these that rolls. I watched, I, 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 it was so much fun. It was like, it was a great time. Like normally, I go into like those kids' movies being like, "All right, let's sit through through this for the sake of my children." But I was like, "This is this is great. Like let's, <laughs> let's throw it on again." Like I, I'll be watching Puss in Boots again eventually. Uh, yeah. Also, Marcel the Shell with shoes on is great. I have not seen it yet. Did Did Turning Red lose its cultural momentum? Yeah, I think it was too early in the year. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think it had its moment in the sun way too also, early. Like It wasn't my favorite Pixar, not because of like the culture hot takes. I just thought it was not the best one I've seen. Yeah. Uh, actress in a supporting role. Angela Bassett for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Hong Chow for The Whale. Ooh she's great though she's really i know good. i and have then... nothing nothing Wait, against so her. she nothing was against she her. the hostess on the menu yeah is, yes is that the same actress okay yes. that's what no i thought nothing what? against her she is so bad in the whale everyone but brendan fraser is terrible she's the best of the bad people but she's still very bad 
All right. Okay. Carrie Sorry. Condon for okay. Fantasies of Inner Sharon as Siobhan. She's great. Jamie Lee awesome. Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, iconic performance. Stephanie yeah. for Everything Everywhere All at Once, also an iconic performance. Gee, I don't know. I think it's yeah, this to, one's really hard. I think it's going to Angela Bassett. I would give it to Stephanie. How do you say her last name? Sue, I think. Sue. I would Sue. give it to Stephanie Sue. That was my favorite performance on this list. Loved Jamie Lee Curtis as well. Yeah, I think Jamie Lee Curtis just wasn't in it enough to yeah. make her deserve. I don't know. I don't know if the hot dog finger sequence put her over the edge though. Like it was. <laughs> It was all time. <laughs> I was watching Watch it. I was like, this... <laughs> yeah, "That's amazing." Uh, yeah, I mean, I I have not seen Wakanda Forever. Um, I Angela Bassett's awesome. Like, so like, I I wouldn't be shocked if it went to her. Um, I would prefer it going to the Everything Everywhere All at Once. But I also loved Carrie Condon in the Banshee yeah. of Inisherin too. So like yeah. I again like this is one of them that I'm fine with with any of them. Like, my, my, but my apparently pick. Hong Chow's the worst. So <laughs> the worst. Like, Nick, do not see the whale. <laughs> it will be the worst time of your life. Um, Stephanie Sue and Jamie Lee Curtis. My prediction is that they're going to split the vote for that movie, and it's going to end up going to Angela Bassett. Mm. Yeah, I yeah I think you're right. I don't think Carrie Condon's performance in Banshees was showy enough. Yeah, even though she's great. Yeah. Um, actress in a leading role. This I think this is the hottest race of the season. Yes. Kate Blanchett for Tar, Anna De Armas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for To Leslie. Okay, real quick sidebar. Have you guys heard the hubbub about Andrea Riseborough? Mm-mm. Okay, no, no one has seen this movie. No one knows this person's name. But there was like this movement started by one guy to get Andrea Riseborough attention for this film. And it started as like a grassroots campaign among some actors that like spread to Twitter. And then like Kate Blanchett was calling her name at the Critics' Choice Awards saying her performance was so special. And now she's nominated for an Oscar. Never heard of this person in my life. No one has seen this movie. Okay, great. I've been listening to a lot. Wow. <laughs> Michelle Williams for the Fablemans and Michelle Yao for everything, everywhere, all at once. This is going to be between Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yao. And I'll like, let's cut the baby in half. I don't know what to do here. Yeah. M- Michelle, Michelle Yao is my choice for sure. Um, I don't think Michelle Williams should be on this list. I don't think it's a leading role. Yeah, I, I agree. And I also, I thought she was fine in the Fablemans, but what it's just kind of odd to me yeah it doesn't compare like i would have taken well would i don't you... know yeah, <laughs> what about kiki palmer for I, no like i was literally got, just i was literally snubbed. yeah I, I was literally just going to say that but i don't and then i was going to say but i don't think she was the lead so yeah yeah, uh, oh, kiki. yeah. sorry I'm, I'm missed i missed that kind of was the lead maybe yeah um nope got major snubbed just generally i think nope deserved to be on the best picture list if elvis was going to be on the best picture list that's my hot take yeah i i yeah and we haven't got to cinematography but i thought that for sure it was going to be nominated for that but i was i was shocked when i didn't see anything for them but um back to the task at hand um it is a two-horse race um Oh, I almost think they're going to give it to Kate Blanchett, even though I want them to give it to Michelle Yao. Um, that That's what I think is going to happen. She was really good. She was awesome in, in that movie. So uh, I'm really torn, though. It's, I mean, again, what do you think's gonna happen? it's just two completely different performances. Like one is very um, loud and engaging and physically demanding um and movie emotional yeah yeah and one is very um internal and 
nuanced and menacing and um crescendoed i i i I just think the movies are doing two completely different things and the actresses in them are doing two different things and i honestly wish that the oscars had a comedy category like the golden globes do because i hate when we get two great movies that are so completely different like it really is apples and oranges i feel like both of these performances deserve to win yeah Agreed. People really hate Blonde, though. So if Anna Darmus wins, that's going to be. I can't see it. I can't do it. Uh... We won't make you, Eli. Um, actor in a supporting role. Bren- Brendan Gleeson for The Banshees of Inner Sheeran. Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, a movie I did not know existed. Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans. Barry Keegan for The Banshees of Inner Sheeran. And Kihei Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. I mean, I, I would, I think he, Hey Kwan's going to win. I would be happy if Brendan and Barry won. I think they'll split the vote. Judd Hirsch was barely in the Fablemans. He was in it for like a scene Mm -hmm. and he's good, but I don't think he's doing the work required and I feel bad. I have no idea what Causeway is, so I do not know anything about Brian Tyree Henry's performance. Yeah, it came out on on Apple. It was a movie with Jennifer Lawrence. It was it was decent. Like I I'm glad that he got nominated for it. I I've always liked Brian Tyree Henry. I think he's amazing in Atlanta, uh, and it's it's cool to see him doing some like kind of some deeper roles. Like he he's not going to win, but I think the nomination is going to go a long way for his career. Uh, I I think he had Kwan's going to win uh, just because like there was so much buzz um, from the from the Golden Globes and he's just like so so lovable and he's going to give like an amazing speech. Uh, it's it's going to be great. I I agree. Um, I thought Barry Keoghan and um, Brendan Gleeson were both awesome in the Banshees of Sharon, but like it's you're kind of it, it's tough when you're in the same movie. So I, I have not seen the Fablemans yet, so I can't give an opinion on Judd Hirsch. Ag- agreed with everything you said. I, Barry Keegan's probably my favorite on this list, but uh, I think uh, Kihu Kwan is going to take this one. I feel like yeah. he's the clear favorite. I think he deserves it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, actor in a leading role. Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inner Sheeran, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal, Phoebe Bridger's ex for After Sun, Bill Nighy for A Living. Look. Look. Do I think Austin Butler was the greatest performance of the year? I do not. Do I want him to win? Yes. And I'll tell you why. Because I think that it is hilarious that he is doing the Elvis voice still. I want to enable this kind of insane behavior in our celebrities. I want to reward it because I want them to do more insane things. So for that reason, I'm rooting for Austin Butler in Elvis to win Best Actor. Great. Um, I think Austin Butler is probably going to win it. I could see Brendan Fraser winning it because he's kind of the moment right now and people are rallying behind him. He was in a terrible movie, but he's pretty good in that. Paul Mescal is easily my favorite on this list. I think he was exceptional in After Sun. Um, So, but I don't think he's going to win, sadly. Nick? Uh, I'm actually afraid if Austin Butler does win. Uh, I think that, like, for his career, I think he's he's destined to be typecast um, to to play, like, that type of character um, for the rest of his career, and he's going to have to keep that voice up. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I I really want to see After Sun. Um, like, after the nominations came out on social media, everybody was buzzing about about this movie. Eli, was it was it that good? It's yeah, it's my favorite movie of the year. And it's I watched yeah. it. I I watched it twice in 24 hours because like I enjoyed it so much. And it's definitely the one I've thought the most about. And I've like read I like am constantly reading articles about it and interpretations. I think it's like a, an actual absolute masterpiece, but not a lot of people seem to have seen it. So uh is A24 just the best studio? around now 
like just like anything that comes out of there it's just like i i just want to watch it if it has their their logo on it and like i think like yeah so i'm i'm gonna be watching it just like this one of my favorite things about the nominations that it comes out is like i get to like kind of explore like a couple of movies that i didn't have the chance to watch um before it comes out so i'm excited to see paul mescal and um in after sun uh, i think colin farrell's gonna win um for this uh because i think it might be the only award that banshees takes home <laughs> um besides writing so i think i think it's gonna go to colin farrell but i wouldn't be shocked if if austin butler won thank you ma thank you pa i'd like to thank my guitar <laughs> <laughs> and and the king the king himself or Thank you to my girlfriend Kaya. Living the life he did. Well, check me out in Dune Two. I'll be doing this voice in Dune Two with the <laughs> sand and the worm. Gosh, he's in Dune Two, is he? Yeah. Oh no. Oh boy. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he'll be good. <laughs> well, he won't be the only person doing the voice. Hey, uh, do you see a see a worm over there? You see uh, a <laughs> gotta gotta put my suit back on. A little less conversation about the worms in the sand. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh. I, I cinematography. I just don't care that much. Roger Deakins is nominated for a movie nobody saw. Um, and then, like, it's just boring. I think that Roger Deakins will probably win because Roger Deakins always wins. And Tar was nominated. And that's the only other one I care about. Do you guys care? Let's see. Yeah. This Empire Blight. Um, Meg, what? Meg, yes. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris, got a nomination. Was it for costume design? Yes. Oh, good. I hope it wins. <laughs> It'll probably go to Black Panther, but I'm glad to see it on this list. Such a great movie. Yeah. Um. Okay. We do need to talk about the snubs. Uh, we've mentioned After Sun. Seems like that's a consensus that people are surprised it was not nominated for Best Picture. Also, nope is nowhere to be seen. So um, stupid. Yeah. I can't yeah. believe I cannot believe that they didn't get at least some of the technical nominations. I honestly like after I saw Nope, I thought, oh, they'll get like five or six nominations. Like this is a film that's gonna show up a lot at the Oscars. And to see it get not one mention is wild to me. Not even visual effects. I mean, that's that movie was beautiful. Like so, the way it really was. That was yeah um very impressive and i just wonder if it was too early in the year or something i don't know but jordan peele has been like an oscars darling right yeah it 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 really upsets me because like i love it that like we're getting like some better movies coming out earlier in the year like i don't have to wait until october to like be excited to go to the movie theater and like when nope came out and like i think it was like as early as like march or april like Mm -hmm. when it when it came out and it was just like, Oh, this is great. Like we're getting like these types of movies at like this time of year. So it's a bummer that they don't, they don't get recognized. Like I do wonder if it came out in November, people would be like, Oh yeah. Like no has to be on the list. So I wish that time bias wasn't a thing, but alas, here we are. Well, and and every, everything everywhere all at once may break through that because that, that was like a March, February, March film. And I remember when it came out, Meg, you and I talked about it on this podcast and I said, why did they release it in like February? Because this is like one of the best movies I've ever seen. And Meg, I think you said at the time, I bet the Daniels didn't think it was going to be as good as it is. And that's yeah. why they were like, yeah, it's it's a Kung Fu movie. <laughs> like, let's just put it out in March. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I also feel like streaming is breaking that model because now we're all watching these movies whenever we want. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but maybe part of it is Nope is such a movie-going experience that everyone went and saw it all at once, and then we were talking about it, and then the conversation was over. When did um his first movie, do we remember what? Yeah, Get Out. Oh, Get I Out. think it was 2018. Um, was it Fall? Oh, I don't know. I feel like it must have been fall. I think it was because I think it was kind of like a Halloween release. Yeah, because Us was summer. I'm gonna I look it up. Us was not very good either. Us was bad. Yeah. Anyway, I 
I didn't think Nope was a perfect movie, but I thought it was a very interesting movie, especially visually. And so that's really surprising. I, I will say like the get, the get out was February. Oh, oh really? Wow, really? Cool. Um, yeah. With, with Nope, the, the final like sequences where uh, Kiki Palmer is like chasing down the, the alien and trying to get a picture of him. When I was watching it, I remember thinking, I feel like I'm watching an iconic scene for the first time that people are going to be talking about for the rest of my life. Like it was so visually stunning and so like mm -hmm. well, well performed and beautiful. And like, I didn't even care that much about the plot, but I was just like so captivated by what I was seeing. And to have that not get any recognition is just so bizarre to me. Yeah, I agree. I'd love to know what happened there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I'll just keep beating my drum of After Sun. I hope you guys will see it. Um, yeah, so that I could finally have somebody to talk to about it because I can't find anyone who has seen this movie. <laughs> $20 on Amazon, and I wasn't willing to spend that. But it's $6 now, so we'll watch it once I've watched all of yeah. these. Once I've made it through Avatar, which who knows when that will be. Um, any other snubs? Those are the two that come to mind for me. The other one that uh, people were kind of upset about that didn't get a lot of reputation was uh, RRR. I haven't, I don't really know much about it, but everyone was pretty upset that it didn't get more recognition. I don't, have you guys seen it? I haven't, mm -mm. I haven't seen it. I have no. not. Oh, okay. Uh, my mm. husband started it. He didn't care for it. His review was it's boring. So take that for what oh. you will. Um, I okay. also think it's controversial. Um, my understanding, and I could be off on this, but my understanding is it's very anti-British. Um, and it's oh. period piece, so it's about colonialism. I don't know. It's also Bollywood. All right. It sounds like quite the movie. So if you have okay. let us yeah. know and let us know what you think. Yeah. Was nominated for I best. Think of any other snubs. Oh, there you go. Oh, the other one that I thought was interesting was Goodnight Oppie. The one about the Mars rover wasn't nominated for documentary. It was the only documentary I heard about all year. And listening to just the um description of the movie made me cry. So I thought that was gonna be a home run, but they didn't nominate it. Hmm. Um I am going to watch all of the documentaries, not the shorts, but the uh, the long documentaries before the Oscars. So I will report back on those. Okay, please do. Okay. I'm going to watch Avatar, and I think that's going to take all my time and attention. So, <laughs> um, I'm also uh, we're going to talk about Tar next week, um, and then we need to do Triangle of Sadness, Women Talking, and. Avatar will um let's do Matt let's do Top Gun after you watch it. Okay. <laughs> Nick, thanks so much for joining us. Of course. Yeah, um, thanks so much for having for me. Any of these movies, and of course we'll have you back after the Oscars to talk about what happened. Thank you both. Okay. Thanks guys, we'll talk to you soon.